Welcome to episode number 146 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording January the 23rd, 2022. Uh, my name is Eric. I'm the host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator. I know that one's shocking. Uh, and computer mm. geek. Uh, as a first responder, I witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events. Started a small preparedness company to help people uh, better prepare for at least 72 hours, if not longer. I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. AKA Ian, right? Yes, I'm also taking Ian's place tonight <laughs> because apparently Ian and I can no longer be in the same place at the same time. No, it's not so you're that. wearing the Lululemon? <laughs> I'm not, not wearing Lululemon. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. You have any idea how comfortable that stuff is, man? I, like don't 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 diss it. It's great. Oh, I'm boy. Scott, a first responder from Ontario. I like learning things and I worry about our fragile infrastructure. Hey guys, I'm Brad. Like <laughs> I'm from Eastern Ontario. I've been in preparedness in some way since the ice storm in 98 and constantly trying to better myself and hopefully get better internet. <laughs> someday. Right. Right. Yeah, if someday. you want to help, help uh, support the show, maybe get Brad some better internet. Uh, you can uh, buy some swag. We've got uh, the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the Tactical Velcro patch. You can get those at uh, prepperpodcast.ca. All the proceeds help keep the lights on, then the backup generator fueled. If you are enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook. Submit a review on iTunes. We also want your feedback, good or bad, or even just if there's a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or find us in the Discord group. Link is in the show notes. It is. All right, so we've got some resigned content for you in this episode. Now oh, the terrible jokes just continue oh, yeah. into 146. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, some recent news articles, and we're going to update you on what we've done lately for our own preparedness. Then we're going to get into the main topic, uh, why we worry about some threats. We're going to get into threat uh, analysis and why bother. So let's move into the news. A few things happened. Um, just a couple of things have happened in the world. A strike out on the uh, West Coast, um, would have shut, could have shut down the ferries to the uh, to Vancouver Island. Uh, hasn't happened. That was you know nice, I guess. Um, there's also a possible railway strike, which is going to further make supply chain problems more problematic. There's a freedom convoy leaving from Vancouver for Ottawa. It's a whole lot of trucks. Give them a little toot if you see them going by. There's a Stomp and Tom joke in there somewhere. I haven't tried. I haven't dug down far <laughs> enough to make it, but um, yeah, they're uh, they're planning on occupying the uh, occupying as much of Ottawa as they can around the capital with all their trucks until their vaccine mandate is revoked. And then some other protest happened in Vancouver as well, also with trucks. And it may have been about potholes, depending on which version of the media you listen to. Um, our, I think the, the, the overwhelming feature or the overwhelming theme on this is that um, trucks are important, same with trains, same with boats. Um, they get us the stuff that we need, and if we're impeding that when we're already strained and stressed, more bad things are going to happen. That's all I have yep. to say about that. Agreed. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Scott, do you have news? You're muted, Scott. From the good news file, 
Uh, Canada's <laughs> cyber spy agency warns of Russian cyber attacks on critical infrastructure. Wait, uh, news Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how is that good news? Oh, that's not the uh, sarcastic font. Uh, <laughs> so with all the tensions going on in Ukraine, it has the potential to spill over into a wider conflict. Whatever happens to our allies is likely to get going to impact us directly or indirectly. Um, and let's face it, in this technological world, uh, cyber problems are a big issue. Uh, another story was talking about how the U.S. has ordered the diplomats' families out of Ukraine uh, just because of all of this raising tensions. So while it's not in our backyard, it has the uh, certainly has the potential to impact all our trucks and trains Everything. and boats. and Everything's in our backyard. We live in a connected yep. world. It's so true. true. It's all right in our backyard. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cyber attacks. They're just going to keep coming. So I'm not shocked that that's there. No, no, no surprise at all. And no. um, even less surprised that we are that, that we as a whole are thoroughly susceptible to said cyber attacks. Oh, absolutely, we are. Just wait to see what happens. I guess. Well, Jim Henson had a wait and see attitude. Now, what do we have? Wait and see. Wrong sounding Muppets. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move into what we've done lately for prep so we can uh, battle said cyber attacks? Absolutely. Uh, so I had my boiler serviced. Um, it's the primary heat source for my whole house, so I wanted to keep it in uh, tip-top shape. Uh, I had my chimney cleaned. A brave, intrepid soul climbed up onto my roof uh, with all the snow to clean it, so kudos to him. Uh, wow. And I drooled all over the Techno Recluse's Arc.io system. We were discussing it uh, yep. offline. Created this beautiful radio weather, uh, NOAA satellite data, local computing, all on variable power. Just sort of a, a neat little uh, hack project. little that, device. Yeah. Oh, it's probably brilliant. not moisture resistant, though. You shouldn't drool on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do wonder what the IP rating is on it. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it is a nice little setup. It is, it is a well cool setup. Yeah. 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 I have yet to see this, but I'll take your guys' word on it. You guys are more technically I wonder if, advanced than I, I am. I wonder if I could power it with that cord that I can't, that I don't have a home for. You could probably build it That's for true. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. You figured fun. out that what that could, adapter that could be is fun, for now. That could be a fun little project for us. Put a label on it. Yep. 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 Take that adapter out of the junk drawer. It's now got a use. There yep. you go. There you go. Put some tape on it and identify it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I made, uh, made a couple of stock up trips. Over the last two weeks, I started uh, stocking up our new camp trailer with some of the essential supplies for this coming season and for whenever. Uh, did some fuel stock up. Met up with Alex from uh, Animal Husbandry. He was on a couple weeks ago. Nice. Went down and saw him. He's close enough to me for, let's say, a tank of gas or less to get to his place and back. So uh, that was nice. He and uh, he and he and Pierre and I from the other CPP had a a good visit at his place uh, yesterday. Actually, yesterday afternoon for quite a while, and uh, that was uh, that was definitely a good time. Nice, definitely worth it to go see him. Awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. So I'm sure oh, a sure quick visit would be a little bit of info overload. That's good. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Share some ideas back and forth and share some knowledge back and forth between the two of us. And that's what it's all about. 
Absolutely. So awesome. Well, for myself, uh, I know this one's going to be shocking and nobody saw this coming, but I, I got out with uh, my ham radio gear again. I know, strange for me. But you don't say. Finally, <laughs> I think I finally got my uh, my HF setup dialed in, my, my portable setup that I've been working on. Um, I was able to get her tested out and I hit Spain and Portugal and the antenna was just shoved in the snowbank at the park down the road here. So cool. uh, I, was, I was quite happy with that. Um, when I first heard the uh, the call sign, uh, the first one that came in was Spain. Uh, I had to look at it and look at it again and double check the call just to make sure I was hearing it right. And yeah, yeah. and then the next one came in a little bit later for Portugal. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So uh, I was quite happy with that. Um, I put a picture of the setup in the ham radio section for the discord. So uh, if you want to see kind of what I had set up there, I head over to the discord after and, and check out the, uh, the picture. Um, started down the fun yet painful road of learning Morse code. It's uh, it, it hurts. It's a little painful and dry at times, <laughs> but uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I get to the point now I can recognize some of the characters. I think I got about seven or eight of them, uh, which is good. And uh, I can, I, I can pick out S pretty regularly yep. and O, uh, yep. A. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. There are few, yeah. there are few M, that I feel M pretty is good fairly about. simple. E and T. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, E and T are, are very simple. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I, I start the official course um, with the Long Island CW Club on uh, Monday at eight o'clock, and I'm going to be doing their Monday at eight p.m. courses for the next little while to really get things dialed in. So that'll be fun. And then, uh, do you have a piece of software that uh, you're using to learn yeah. and train? Yeah, the, so they they push a couple of software packages. I've got Morse Toad on my phone, so it's a little Morse code uh, game. So that was fun. And then um, use a Morse Mania. Yeah, Morse Mania is a Same good concept. one. Yep. The uh, the long the Long Island CW Club uses a G four Fawn, uh, so it's golf uh, for Foxtrot Oscar in November. Uh, it's a it's a Morse trainer. It's an application that was written by a uh, a ham radio operator. So I'll uh, I'll know a little bit more about that once I get into the course. But uh, playing around with it, it seems like it's going to be useful. I can't imagine there's a lot of Morse code trainers that weren't written by ham operators. I know, weird, right? Yeah. So. But yeah, so that's uh, doing that. And then went out and uh, finally bit the bullet and grabbed uh, a set of dumbbells. They were ridiculously priced, but I needed them to start the whole workout thing. So I grabbed a, grabbed a set of 25 pounders there to get back into the whole workout routine. So absolutely crazy. Toss those around. Stuff that was 60 cents a pound before is now. It was a buck 30 a pound, if I remember correctly. Buck 30 a pound is pretty good. Two bucks a pound is pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah, I found a place in uh, in Barrie called uh, Gym Concepts. They had a lot of really good prices. Nice. So I popped in there. So if anybody's looking for weights, that's the place to check out. Seems like. Yeah. Um, I spent my spent my week working hard. I was uh, I'm I'm into a new job that is keeping occupying my mind pretty thoroughly. So I didn't get much else accomplished. Uh, it does allow me to get in a lot of walking though, which is nice. Um, I did manage to pick up a few heavy things and put them down, mostly as a weight event. Uh, I did make a couple of VHF contacts while I was driving to and from work and got one of my monthly fuel can rotations accomplished as well. I'm glad I'm not the only radio nerd to get something into what we've done lately for preps. <laughs> well, I saw you put it in there. I didn't want you to be the only one. So, there are a couple of a couple of local repeaters that I can hit regularly on the way to and from work. So it's uh, you know morning and evening. There's all yep. there's always a couple of people on the uh, 
on there mostly on mobile just like me but it's a nice it's a nice morning uh, it's nice to not be yeah. alone yeah <laughs> there you go not the only radio nerd <laughs> Uh, so we talk about Discord a fair bit uh, in here, and I thought I'd just put in a little explanation. I think we talked a few episodes ago what it is, um, but you know, if you haven't happened to catch that uh, that episode, uh, it's an online chat tool. You can leave messages in specific or general threads. You can voice chat. You can upload pictures, videos. It's free to sign up. It's super easy. Uh, I only signed up because of this podcast. I hadn't used it previously. Uh, and it's also a nice way to directly message other like-minded people, potentially even expand your local mag. Uh, so the link is in the show notes. Feel free to join us there. It's just sort of a relaxed way to talk about more specific things. Mm-hmm. If anybody remembers the old IRC days of like the 90s and such for internet, it's <laughs> somewhat similar like of that. Oh, you young, you young whippersnappers. You. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, it's, it's just a little bit more colorful. But yeah, we've got it all broken down into different uh, different topics and different different things to chat about. And if you see something in there that you want... As well. What was that? It's significantly more portable as well. It is way more portable, yeah. Yeah, moving IRC. You don't have to have a computer room for your... Yeah, this is true. For your, yeah. for your yeah, desktop no, and... No vacuum tubes or anything crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> an external modem. Okay. If you if you do want uh, a different room or, or section set up, just let me know, and I can I can add an area as well. I've added a few as people have wanted them. So, cool. but with that, shall we move into the main topic? So we're talking about threat analysis and why do we bother preparing for certain things tonight? And it's kind of a fun topic because there's all kinds of different things that you can prepare for, and we wanted to take some time to just flush out maybe a few things that you don't have to, uh, and also talk about kind of how to go through that whole threat analysis process um, while you're thinking of things to prepare for. Um, So really the idea is you can't cover all the bases uh, without a ton of cash um, and some threats just not really worth focusing on if it's not ever going to happen or potentially really the, the chance of it happening is very slim to none. Or if you're not going to survive it. Um, or you're not going to survive it. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't look, don't look up. Has, has everybody seen that? Oh, fantastic movie. On, uh, on <laughs> that Netflix? Was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like, if you're not going to survive it, there's nothing to prepare for, right? Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. But there's all kinds of scenarios that people will, will focus on and, and prepare for, but not do that whole analysis of, am I actually legitimately going to A, see this, or B, survive it? So... So like kind where of a I am, reason we example, want to do this episode. I'm five miles from the nearest river. My my risk of significant flooding is basically zero. Um, that said, we are subject to heavy rains, and I have a lot of clay, so I do get puddles. But a little, but that's more, that's a minor inconvenience, not a major threat. Yep. Same with forest fires. Where I live, it's it's humid enough. It is we get enough rain. Um, also, there are very few like major forests around. So the chances of a forest fire coming in, you know, encroaching on my, on my property are slim to none. That leaves me with weather events and human and human events. So if I, as long as I prepare for zombies and blizzards, I'm pretty well. Okay. Zombies is the most important part though. Right? Well, I mean, most zombies, likely going to happen. It, it's, it's, I mean, if, but if we, if we take zombies as a broader term, right? Like, 
you know, if, if you look at, you know, I maybe not I Am Legend, but you look at most of the zombie movies, they're, it's really it's really a commentary about people who can't adapt to to a new way of life. And so, um, you know, the the hope the hobos of the the hobos of the Great Depression aren't much different from zombies, right? They kind of wander around and take what they can and and move on. And if you know. If you happen to get in their way, it might not go well for you. So, uh, just you know, what would happen if a if a roving horde showed up in my little town? That's you know, whether they're actual zombies or whether they're theoretical zombies, it's still a zombie problem. This is a valid point. Yes, absolutely. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Al. That I have a lot of rain here, a good amount of clay soil. The river, the closest major river is probably five or ten minutes away. And other than the human aspect or weather aspect, I have not really much to worry about. That said, you are also subject to much more severe weather, right? I mean that's yeah. you said you say it in your intro, right? You were you were fairly badly affected by the by the ice storms in, in uh in the nineties yes. there. I like is that a possibility for me yes but it's a you know we've had like the major highway that runs near my house got shut down what maybe 10 years ago for a couple of days and we had to come we had to have uh 427 wing come out and and evac a bunch of people but it really wasn't like it was a, it was an inconvenience it wasn't for for a couple of days it wasn't a um it wasn't a multi-week disaster not a life-ending or life-changing event. Just an. Uh, I mean, it, it actually it was. There were there were a couple of people that uh, a couple of people that didn't that didn't survive that ordeal, and a couple of people Ooh. that had their okay. had their lives permanently altered. But it wasn't widespread. It was actually like it was fairly localized in about a five-mile wide strip down the down the highway because somebody built a 400 series highway in a snow belt off Lake Huron, but um, yeah. but it was it was very localized and it was. A short-term event, right? We were two or three days, and everything was was back to was back to operational. Um, it wasn't, you know, when I when I was helping helping the recovery in the in the, the during the ice storms, like I was in an area that had no power for you know twenty days, fourteen days for us. Sorry, seventeen days yeah. for us out here. Yeah, like it, that's 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 a much more significant event nope. than I would ever be theoretically subject to. Like here, the the worst I've had is a power outage that was sixteen hours. That's it. That's about it's it. Still significant. Yeah. That's it's significant, still, but it's but, but again, it's an inconvenience. Yeah. 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 And so, and the next town over had power, so we just took the contents of our fridge. That was uh, my. I didn't have a generator at the time. That was my catalyst to go buy one. But um, I took the contents of my fridge and freezer over to my friend's house the next town over and everything was okay yeah so everybody's got different uh everybody has different <laughs> sorry uh, off track there oh bane iron hand 25 trampolines to repel, to repel <laughs> meteors that's amazing that's like my that's like my rakes and my rakes and axes for zombies yeah. i think that's <laughs> i think we could just end the show here uh bane iron hand's got Got it all covered. You yep. need 25 trampolines, <laughs> repel the meteors. I'm sure it will work for zombies as well. Uh, you just uh, have to stand them upright instead. So and then yeah. the zombies would just bounce or off. You just, you just bounce the meteors off the trampolines onto the zombies. I think we've got ourselves a... Uh, uh, 
We're good. I'm going to bring episode uh, 146. Wait, 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 wait. We can't. We can't. We can't yet. <laughs> we haven't talked about carbon monoxide. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> there it is. There it is. 20 minutes. Nine minutes and 19 <laughs> minutes in. 58 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I'd also like to point out that uh, Alan, you don't have to make comments in the chat. You're here. You you can talk. So <laughs> you're, you're talking about uh, trampolines for for. Uh, barbarians to get over the wall you can just say that you don't have to type it in the chat <laughs> thanks for joining but us Ian. you can come it, and you know, actually be on the show you know it uh it but this 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 does go to illustrate that like brad and i only live a few hours apart i mean what yep. i could be at brad's house in what maybe six hours but we have very different threats as a result and so understanding our local threats is uh, as important as as what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine and North Korea and China right now. Yeah. Um, so what is you know that that's why that's why we do it. So what uh, what is a risk assessment? So what's what's the what do, what do we what do we think, guys? What's a risk assessment? Yeah. So risk assessment, you got to look at your overall environment and what you actually really like legitimately think could happen in your area. Um, so like Alan mentioned, flooding is most likely not going to be a thing for him, but at the same time, heavy rains could be an issue. Right? So you, you got to look at your environment, know your area, and then decide, okay, what will actually happen here or what's happened here in the past that could actually happen again, uh, and then start to to plan for those things first and, and then branch out from there. But um you know, looking at the, the meteors falling from the sky and putting out 25 trampolines, so that may work for uh, Bane Iron Hand there. It might not be for you. <laughs> that is, uh, oh man, that's still fantastic. That's, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Dude, did you get the safety nets to go with them, like to redirect them, or is or, or is he just hoping they bounce in the right direction? You put safety nets on probably two or three of them to save the meteors that are going to give you special powers. Okay. <laughs> but yeah threat assessment so that, that's my that's my thoughts on on how you kind of start with threat assessment is just your overall here's what's happened before here's what realistically could happen down the road and then you kind of prepare for those realistic things um, and then you look at the bigger the bigger items down the road that may not happen but could but you want the the things that could realistically happen tomorrow uh start getting ready for those first well and and just because something has happened before doesn't mean it will happen again. There are there's yeah. all kinds of one-off flukes. Um, the city of London uh, at one point has so the city of London has two branches of the Thames River that kind of merge into one that that then flow out to a lake. And once in I, I don't know why I want to say 1938 or something, um, both branches of the river crested at the same time and caused the caused a flood that ran the water up, I want to say, about 16 feet above its normal, um, which, of course, I mean, rivers and rivers tend to flow in valleys, but it, it caused a lot of a lot of widespread damage to what was at the time a very small, like a very small community. Um, there are still markers kind of in the parks where it happened and all kinds of and all kinds of good stuff. Now, we like the city of London gets floods every year, but they are not um, not of the same magnitude. And, you know, we've got dams in place. So the chances of a major flood like that happening again are pretty slim 
is it something worth being aware of? Yes, but can I deal with that with a couple of some pumps and a and a couple you know and a bilge pump? Yes, absolutely. Yep. A couple of sandbags in the basement. Yep. Compare yep. that to Winnipeg and the and the Red River and uh, where it's you know it's it's a it's a life altering event you know every yep. five years when it happens it's a very different threat level. So what has happened? What's the likelihood of it happening again? As as Eric said, and then that's locally and then on a bigger scale, right? What can I control of what is likely to happen, right? So we were talking about yeah. in the news, in the news section, we we're talking about Russia and it's, uh, um, it's potential to likely cyber attacks. That's the most likely thing that's going to cripple us, right? But yep. what's it going to cripple? It's going to take care of our electrical grid. It might take, it might reduce our gas. It might reduce our, like our, our natural gas feeds. It might reduce our ability to distribute internet. Uh, internet. Yep. It might distribute our fuel. So what can we do to overcome that? Stock up to on a that. realistic level. We can stock up. We can stock up on everything except the internet, but we can yep. make it. We can save things locally and and get print books that can't be taken yep. away. So yep. um, there are, you know, for every for every hazard, there's a control. Oh, there's my safety nerd talking again. Uh, <laughs> for every hazard, there's a control. Um, yep. And the question the question has to come to you individually. What controls are necessary, what controls are worthwhile, and what controls are your first priority. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about prepper burnout and how easy it is to just become so focused on what's going to go wrong that you don't necessarily focus on what can go right. So um, what can you do that is multi-threat, right? Fuel and generators cover all kinds of things, right? Power is going to go out for a whole bunch of reasons. What can we... You know, a generator can control most of that. Um, yep. What's the likelihood of it? I think that's probably. That, I think everybody. I think everybody lives in an area where the power could go out. Yep. I think that's a pretty reasonable statement. I'd say that's very reasonable, um, and that's something easy I, I, that you can you can prep for tomorrow. Yep, absolutely. Like, and if you keep an eye on the sales, right? We do the deal of the week, but if you keep an eye, especially on the. Um, Especially in the Lowe's companies, so Lowe's, Rona, whatever they have those, they put those Furman generators on sale for three hundred bucks or three fifty every six weeks. Like they're they're always they're always around. Uh, you just got to keep keep an eye on those flyers, and then like that's you know that's a really good thing to work towards. And then having the fuel to um, having the fuel to actually run it and a plan to actually connect it to the house, right? So that's one I think is is reasonable for everybody. Um, to to uh, to be prepared for um, now, but that all, that also implies that all of us live in a house that has the ability to, to to hold a generator. If you live in an apartment, your life becomes significantly different. It's true, absolutely. Yep. You might point. need a whole lot more batteries and a whole yep. lot fewer generators. A solar That's setup true. on the balcony might do them well, or even suction cup to the window. That's yeah. a good point. Yep, I did yep. that in my apartment. So that's. Yeah, so that's so that so that so every because everybody has a, has a unique situation. You have to do your own threat analysis, and what works for me here in my part of the world is going to be different than what Brad uses, or or Scott, or Eric, or Ian. Is, does he still exist? No, he's gone. <laughs> uh, but apparently, on he's a, on a city uh, bus. A I don't believe that. <laughs> Ian and cities don't go well together. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but where where Ian where you know where Ian lives on the west coast is, has a very different level of threat than what we have here, and also we have a very different infrastructure, so there yep. so the the general response is different. So, um, so how do we do a threat analysis? 
I How look did you at it, do your threat analysis? I look at it as a risk benefit or a cost benefit analysis, the likelihood of the event, the potential impact of the event, and then the costs associated with those preps. Um, it's kind of simple math, but it can also fluctuate with time and as different threats are either more apparent or things float to the top of our minds. Uh, when I reread one second after, I worry about EMPs, uh, you know, Russian cyber attacks, maybe worry about our infrastructure. And when I step outside right now, I think, oh, it's really cold. <laughs> um, but looking at some of the bigger things, um, threats that are perhaps less likely, even if there's a huge potential impact, but there's a ginormous cost. Um, let's look at an extinction level meteor strike. What are we going to do to get ready for that? Get drunk. Buy, get buy really, more beer. really drunk. Try heroin. Just totally ignore it. That's what they did in the movie, right? Yeah, just don't look up. Yeah, yeah. Just don't look I up. think that worked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tricky... I, I mean, eat, eat, all the, all, eat all the great foods and drink all the liquor I have and enjoy, enjoy the time that I can because the whole concept of being prepared for a disaster is that I get to go on enjoying my life and so I intend to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah and the, the whole idea of doing a threat analysis is something tricky to, to really lay out for people because everybody has different skill sets. They have different view on the world. They have different ways of doing things. So everybody is going to do their threat assessment differently. Uh, we're just trying to give everybody maybe somewhere like a common point to start, but everybody, like I said, you got different skill sets, you got different views. Uh, but the, the, the one way that I'll kind of start out a threat assessment is just looking at the overall environment of where I am and what, um, what I have readily available and what I've already prepared for and then build out from there. So, And I mean, we like I do this at work every day. We we call it a hazard analysis, um, and what we and what we do is we assign a we have a scale, right? So we've got the likelihood of it happening, and the result of the result of it happening. So the likelihood of it happening goes from one, which is very unlikely, to four, which is almost certainly, and we have um, the other the 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 y axis of the scale is. Um, what's the result of like little to no damage to um, catastrophic, catastrophic damage or death. And we assign, you know, basically uh, the, the lowest, um, right. The lowest risk things get a two because they're, you know, one likelihood and one damage. Uh, and then it goes up from there and anything, anything that, and then we have, you know, we have our, our risk threshold. So um, obviously we're looking at it from uh, from a controlling hazard point of view. And, and so if it goes to, um, if something gets over like a 12 or a 16, so you're getting four by, you know, four by four, right? If something is a, is a four, um, a four likelihood and a four um, risk, then you're 16 uh, your total, like your total, your total risk is sixteen, and that's um, you know we co we consider that unacceptable. We we can't we simply can't do that. Now, obviously, the response from in, in this situation is going to be a little bit different because you can't say no. We're simply not going to have a disaster. We, we no, don't one hundred percent. Yeah, we don't. Uh, uh, we we simply don't get that. But we can. What can what can we control out of this to reduce the risk down to, you know, from this somebody's going to die to somebody's going to be to to minor property damage what can we do to bring that risk down and that's really what we're going for 
Yeah, so we've got a live chat uh, or a message here in the live chat from Dave. It says, uh, most likely disaster event in my small town is a train derailment. Uh, so it's got gas masks, the stockpile of drinking water, things like that. Um, is there anything else that, uh, that you think he's missing? It, I guess it depends on the train. Uh, I mean, yeah. if you ask the people of Lac Megantic, it's uh, hip waiter. Hip waiters were pretty useless in that particular case. Um, duct tape depend- and plastic to cover the windows. Duct tape and yeah. plastic to cover the windows. And if you're going to do that, do yourself a favor, pre-cut the plastic, measure it out, yes. pre-cut it, and label the windows. Yep. And label the top edge so that you know where to start. Because um, in that, like in that particular case, that one train derailment, um, you know, that that was spewing black smoke for a week, as far as I, as, as from what I remember. Um, yep. But let's assume that if there's a train derailment in your town, that you can't get out and trucks can't come in. So. Um, if it takes a week to put that out and clean up the clean up the tracks and get the get the roads open again, um, what does what does that mean to you? You're on your own, basically. Yeah, it yeah. means you're on your own for you mean yep. it means you're on your own for a while. And um, part of the disaster response, right? Especially if it's something that's catch that's caught fire. And if, for example, your um, that train happens to be full of you know tanker cars of bitumen, um, you may very well. Uh, not have any gas service. You may very well be told, like they, they might shut off the gas service as a precaution because if that, um, if the train fires start setting houses on fire and there's gas to the houses, um, that does that does bad things again. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it means a good point. Yeah, you could be without power, and then the the next comment below that, your cold air intake to your house. Um, Sealing yeah. up your windows doesn't do much if you're still sucking in, still sucking in fresh air, and that uh, might be something people don't even think about. Like I my, had your, your air circulation. I, I, I didn't. I air. didn't mention it specifically because I don't have one. So yeah, neither uh, do I. But yeah, be be but, familiar with what kind of system you have in your house. That might be something yep. you need to consider. Yep. So that becomes part of your risk response. Yep. Uh, or your your risk analysis. So yeah, that's um, you know that's that's a that's a great thing, right? That is a specific, a very specific thing that is a, a definite hazard to you, and the result of that could be that you're without power for several days. Could be that you're without gas. Uh, I don't know, but where I don't know where you live specifically, but right, you know, here this week, it's been uh, it's been bloody cold, and not having gas for a week that would mean really bad things for my life. Um, it'd be, it would be very difficult for me to overcome that. Yeah, so, so it's it's just a matter of, of going over all the possibilities because, like we mentioned, you don't know what's going to be on the train. You don't know what kind of effects those certain chemicals on the train, if they're leaking, could have. Uh, maybe the derailment has absolutely no effect at all, except for maybe a little bit of a cluster with uh, with traffic. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it really depends on what has happened with that train and what has um, either spewed into the community or you know is, it could be causing some problems there. So that's kind of it's a good quick example of a, a quick threat assessment of here's what could possibly happen here's how to prepare for it and here's how to kind of know what you may or may not be getting into so yep and then from all of those potential risks what is the most likely to happen what is the least likely to happen yep. um could it could it trap you absolutely it depends maybe yep. um, maybe, maybe it maybe it just maybe it just inconveniences you enough that you have to go you know two mile you know two country miles around 
to get back on your regular road, but it just means that you have to plan for that and make sure that you have enough gas in your tank, right? That might be the that might be the worst um, the worst of it. Yeah. Um, but I there's one particular town that I can think of that um, the tracks cross the two main roads on an angle, and it means that if that if the train derailed in the wrong spot, instead of being 10 minutes to the nearest to, you know, to the next town over, you've got to go 40 minutes in the other direction. And yep. that changes your fuel consumption rather drastically. Changes your entire plan. Yeah. It changes your, it changes your entire plan. So if, if one of, if, you know, if one of those two roads gets blocked, it's okay. You can, you know, you've got that, that long, that long block around, but if both of those roads get blocked, uh, then you're in a world of hurt all of a sudden. So, um, and if you're low this, on fuel, you're screwed. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's you know those are things that are all you know again unique to you, unique to your situation, unique to where you live, and you know, do you have everything you need to be able to get to the next town in the other direction just in case? Yeah. And this is where you take the whole scale system you talked about, Alan, and you start to put it in place, and you start to look at you know okay what what does that train carry usually like can you see that there's tankers that are most likely carrying chemicals can you see that there's boxcars can you see what's going by usually on the trains and then you look at it and go okay chances are if this thing derails there'll be a chemical spill of some sort or maybe there'll just be mm -hmm. a goods or product spill of some sort and you start putting that into okay likelihood of this happening and then you start to prepare for those items that could be uh either released or spill all over or whatever have uh, have happened during that derailment um, or or even just the the whole traffic snafu instead uh, so you put that onto a scale and then you start to prepare from the most likely to the least likely mm -hmm. and the, and the most hazardous to the least hazardous uh, yes correct something to note there i have uh, train tracks about i don't know less than a kilometer from my house they're quite the busy tracks in this area but usually at certain times of the day, the, uh, I guess it's the westbound train carries uh, like lumber, cattle cars, and some tankers. If it's an eastbound train, it's carrying X, Y, and Z. I have no idea. But if a train is a big thing in your area, find out what is on some of those trains at certain times of the day and which direction they're heading. You know, just by looking at the clock, it's a lumber train that went by and derailed. I got nothing to worry about. Two o'clock in the morning, it's chemicals. Oh, shit. Yep. It's time to put plans into action now. Brad, we don't swear on the show. <laughs> now, yeah, I have to, right. now I have to check the box. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> I do apologize. We're doing so well. It's fine. If I just check the box, YouTube's happy. And you, can, you, can drop, you can drop the odd S-bomb here and there. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So knowing the contents, right, then you can know what, then you can, you can start working backwards. So what's the worst case scenario? Our worst case scenario, I think, it, you know, is pretty obviously what happened in Lac Megantic. Look that up if that's foreign to you. Um, that was a whole bunch of train cars that derailed and they all caught fire and it was a small isolated community that was then cut off from support because the because of the derailment and trying to put that out was a was a, a weeks long effort because they couldn't get resupply they couldn't get mutual aid there was all kinds of you know all kinds of things that happened um, so if that's what the kind of thing that happens in your small town then 
be prepared to be on your own for a week. Yep. Um, be prepared to also be, have to evacuate if you have, you know, if you have tracks a kilometer from you, especially if you have sightings, because that's where that's where the derailments tend to happen, especially if, if there's a sighting nearby. You got to be prepared to get out quickly because the wind blows the wrong direction. All of a sudden, you've got you know black tar smoke coming into your. Uh, coming into your house and it doesn't matter how well sealed you think it is you're not going to be you're not going to be happy there for very long that's true yeah the the wind will pick up all kinds of nastiness and send it your way yep um comment here from yep that's me valid point the train derailments don't have to be close to your house to affect you um, one of the main highways here run alongside of tracks for about 40 kilometers so that's that's a yep. great point it could be on your way to work it could be on your way out traveling around um, and that that's where you get to the is it likely to happen to me and your, your whole threat assessment portion of, okay, as I'm driving to work, what's around me, what could happen as I'm driving to friend's house, what's around me, what could happen as I'm going to relatives, you know, and branching out from there. Uh, but it, it all gets back down to what could realistically happen um, and not focusing on the big giant, Oh my God, this might happen, but probably not, but possibly. So let's just focus on that. Uh, it's, it's all about just looking at, actual things that could happen realistically and then getting ready mm -hmm. for those. And chances are that that will check off a lot of boxes for you for other things as well. Well, and to that point, the CDC has an actual zombie virus preparedness document, uh, links in the notes, for people. It's done as a comic to appeal to a wider audience. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Uh, but their point is preparing for one potential disaster realistically covers about 90% for most other disasters. So it doesn't matter if it's the blizzard, the civil unrest, the power outage, you still need food, water, medicine, heat, shelter. Uh, so most of our preps will cover us for most of these disasters. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, your, your average power outage, right? Again, we take that as a, as a benchmark as something that's reasonable for, for all of us. And that generator covers me for a power outage, but that power outage could be caused by a blizzard. It could be caused by a rainstorm. It could be caused by a trail derailment. It could be caused by a meteor shower. It could be caused by an EMP or a cyber attack or whatever, yeah. but I can cover all of those possibilities with the same response. And, I've, and it, I'm still only responding to one problem. Yep. And I think that should be part of your, your threat assessment as well Is if I'm preparing for this one single thing, what else can it help out with that's on my list as well? So don't forget to kind of cross-reference the other things that you're looking at and see if there's one common item that could help you with all of those things and then start seriously looking at getting that one item that could check off a lot of boxes for all your different things that you're doing a threat assessment mm -hmm. for because they're going to cross paths. Like they're, that's that's a kind of a, a thing with the whole preparedness it's a given. Uh, yep. setup is you're going to have things that are going to work across multiple scenarios and they're going to help you for multiple things. So... Why not see what works across different um, different threat planes for you, and then get that item that's going to check off boxes for a bunch of them. And Cross-platform harm reduction. Yeah. I just invented a new term. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. Love folks. it. Your Love Monday morning it. meeting is going to be thrilling. Actually, I do have a meeting tomorrow morning <laughs> about cross-platform harm reduction. So <laughs> look at that. <laughs> oh, look at that. Glad we could help make your Monday morning that much better. At yep. <laughs> Uh, so some yeah. of the other things to consider when you're doing your threat assessment, 
Uh, I learned not that long ago, not all forests are created equal. Uh, pine forests, especially with lots of standing dead, uh, sort of pine beetle damage, especially out BC way. Um, in, feel free to chime in. They burn much differently than deciduous forests. So just because you're living near trees doesn't tell you the whole story. Sometimes you need to tunnel down a little more to genuinely understand the threats and therefore be able to make your assessment. Uh, you know, if you live on a 10th floor apartment, you're probably not at a big risk for overland flooding, but if the 11th floor apartment has a bathtub overflow, you could have some problem. Your toilet tank cracks, right? So maybe there's not a whole lot of cost involved in keeping things two inches off the ground, but it'd make a pretty big difference, right? I, I, I look at, you know, even if it's a low, low risk, low probability event, uh, if the preps for it are really minor, why wouldn't you do it? You know, uh, talking about EMPs, yep. just keeping the items in the anti-static bag that they <laughs> came from the store in. That sounds like a pretty easy threat that doesn't, uh, or pretty easy mitigation that doesn't really involve a whole lot of work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I know this is going to be a strange one for the podcast and up to, you know, episode 146, we should probably mention this and, and yep, that's me. Got Test to your it. preps. T test your stuff. Make sure it works. Should be part of your threat assessment. Yep. Once you get the gear, run, run through uh, a practice scenario. No? But yeah, test yeah, your 60, gear. 64 hertz is... Uh yeah. That's not, that's not that's not a good one. Yeah. Oh, that might that you might know, you know you can talk about that. Give uh give give Gavin a shout on the other uh from the other CPP. He might be able to help might be able to help you with that. Or yeah, might be able just to just yeah. plug in a rectifier or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yes, test your stuff. We finally mentioned it at episode one forty six. Yep. I'm so curious to know. I'm curious to know what that brand of generator was. Just so we all yes. know, don't buy that one. Or was it a one-off problem? It could be, yeah. right? Because I mean, Either every or. every manufacturer has every manufacturer has duds, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. Ford Ford trucks have made some bad trucks, but it doesn't mean that all Ford trucks are bad. Oh, we're gonna start a fight, really? aren't we? No, all of them. <laughs> For the record, I do not drive a Ford truck. <laughs> I also don't. I also. I also don't think that my particular brand of truck is any better in terms of, um, in terms of things. Right. I. I drove. Well, I drove. I had three Chevy Equinoxes over the years, and I had two that were just fine and never cost me a penny to maintain. And then I had one that was nothing but a money pit. Doesn't mean that all Equinoxes are bad. It just means that that particular one didn't like me. So if you'd so. like to tell Alan that he's wrong about vehicles, uh, it's Alan with one L <laughs> at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, I feed on your hate. It's fine. <laughs> oh, That's good. Uh, does anybody have anything else to add to uh, threat analysis? I think well, we've covered this a we, lot. We said the things we don't need to worry about, you know, alien invasion, zombie viruses, time traveling assassin robots. <laughs> wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. We don't have to worry about those? Well, oh, hold on. Know, one or two of us might have to, but the mo what most if, of us are okay. What have I been doing for the last couple of years? Oh. That's a really great question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Connor, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think we can all take time traveling assassin robots off of our list, but um, you know the whole extension ex Gosh. extinction level asteroid. Well, I'm getting some trampolines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, shall we move gonna, in? 
I'm just going to put a little, a, a quick graph or quick uh, chart in the show notes. So it'll be, um, I don't know if it'll translate well, but it'll be, you know, kind of what we use as an analysis. Uh, Perfect. Anyways. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that, that in, in the, uh, I'll get that into the show notes when we yep. publish the podcast version. All right. Shall we move into the podcast challenge? Oh, wait, was that me? Well, Scott. Uh, so go out and buy as many trampolines as you can reasonably fit on your property. <laughs> 25 being the maximum. I believe Bain Iron Hand's already done the math on that. Fair enough. <laughs> Failing that, let's figure out one relative threat to your personal situation and prep for it. Also think of one that doesn't apply so you can stop worrying about it and help prevent burnout. Awesome. Okay, so uh, deal of the week, Canadian Tire has trampolines on sale. No, <laughs> Don't actually know if they're on sale or not. Uh, they have trampolines, though. They do have trampolines. Though, they do. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, there, there might be a run on them after this podcast. <laughs> there, there might be. There might. We are that popular. Yeah. You're welcome, CT. Uh, Princess Auto does still have those big um, canisters on sale for. Uh, uh, the ammo cans. So if you're looking for those, suggest checking those out because uh, they're useful and uh, you can't bounce asteroids around with them, but you can store stuff in them. Uh, any shout outs? Crickets. Crickets. I don't like anybody uh, enough to shout them out. Bane Iron Hand definitely deserves a shout out. For <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> for the comedic relief this evening. Yes, it was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> All right. We do have one uh, iTunes review. Uh, it comes to us from uh, KP, and it reads, uh, this is my favorite group of people. Oh, Aww. I that. Uh, they're real. Uh, <laughs> Terrible taste. They're, they're walking their talk. They're Canadian. Wait, what? Yeah, what? I mean, it's shocking. I know, right? Uh, so they're not, uh, they're not talking about guns and zombies each week. Uh, zombies, I think, make it in pretty close to every week yeah but, uh, yeah not every single but, the week. but theoretical zombies not actual zombies true yeah uh, if you want to participate in a in a weekly podcast where you can learn preparedness and homesteading especially in the northern regions uh this is spot on and although they live north of the border uh, south of mine uh, they don't bash american nor trumpet canada enough uh they walk the talk like we're all uh they they talk like we're all family uh in this mess together and signed off by kp in alaska kp's also in the live chat tonight in the uh on youtube and so i i will in fact shout out kp thanks for joining us um yeah yeah, very cool appreciate thanks the kind words yeah thanks for the nice review appreciate it and the five stars and the five stars awesome that that helps us get seen it sure Um, does Danny's got it uh, figured out here, right? Our next shortage will be trampolines for some strange reason. And <laughs> Bane, Bane Iron Hand, if you cause a trampoline shortage, I will be thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Um, if we start hearing about that on the news, uh, email me your address and I will send you a uh, I'll send you trampoline. A <laughs> trampoline. I'll send you a trampoline. I'll send you a patch. <laughs> we'll get a trampoline with the logo on it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. Well, with that, I will bring episode number 146 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Submit a review. It does help other people find us. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
Canadian Pepper podcast and click the notifications tab. It gives you an alert when we're going live. You can do the same thing on Facebook. If you want to send me emails about how wrong I am in my taste of vehicles, you can email me at Alan, that's with one L, at prepperpodcast.ca. If one of these times I'm actually going to get through that. <laughs> uh, if you want to reach Scott to tell me about how wrong Alan is about things, you can reach me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Oh, I can I can be reached at monkman038 at gmail.com if anybody wants to drop a line. All right, and please uh, check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, I'll be bringing trampolines in shortly, so uh, just keep an eye out. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat. Uh, you can also email me and let me know about how wrong Alan is about multiple things at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Um, also, the search for Ian continues, um, as everybody's aware. So if anybody's seen him, <laughs> please flip me an email. Let me know. We don't believe he's on a city bus. Uh, so <laughs> thanks for joining us this evening. Until I, next time. Oh, if, ahead, if at some point we could all just kind of stand outside and just go, CGN, CGN, and see if Ian answers. <laughs> it, would, it would help us find him, and I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Broadcast over the ham, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll try. We'll try to find him. We'll we'll find him eventually. I'm sure he'll come back Another if we day. ask nice enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>